Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee and Prayer. I'm Pastor Andrew F. Carter, and it is 5.30 a.m. here in Inglewood, California. Please, as you guys are coming in, let me know where you are and what time it is. You guys, I'm excited. We're going to share a little bit about Paul. We're going to talk about patience, which is the word that God gave me for the year of 2022. And um, I just know that the Holy Spirit's going to show up and show I am excited to jump right into our devotions this morning. Good morning. So yes, please let me know where you guys are at. This is a worldwide ministry, a worldwide ministry that um, God is continuing to grow. Look, we've got Canada in the house. We've got South Africa in the house. We've got Evans, Georgia, Hawthorne, California, New Jersey, North Carolina. We got more New Jersey in the house, Maryland. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love to see it, you guys. Glory to God. God is so good, so faithful. Chicago, India, South Florida, Holly Springs, Germany. Amen, 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 amen. You guys, if you're new to this, maybe this is your first time, you're like, what are we doing here? Why is this guy live? This is a Bible study. This is, uh, you can look at it as church. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but I know that there are brothers and sisters from around the world gathered together. And what we do is we read one chapter from the New Testament, one chapter from the Old. We are going in chronological order as far as the New Testament is concerned. We've read all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and we were almost finished with Acts. I believe believe we will finish Acts on Sunday, right? 25, 26, 27, 28. Yeah. So we'll, we'll finish it on Sunday and then we start Romans on Sunday. Sunday is going to be great because Sunday I actually preach at church. So we're going to do, we're going to finish up Acts. We're going to do a digital altar call, right? So we're going to ask people if they want to rededicate their life to Jesus. We're going to ask if uh, you're not saved, if you want to be saved. And then a couple hours later, I get to preach in person here in Inglewood, California at Royal City Church. I am excited. Uh, And then on Monday, next Monday, we start Romans chapter one. And I am so stoked. I love jumping into new chapters uh, and just seeing what God does, how he shows up. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, The word that God gave me for 2022 is patient. Be patient, my son. Be patient, be patient, be patient. Nothing worth having uh, comes without hard work, diligent consistency, and discipline, right? I believe that miracles happen. I believe that people can be blessed out of nowhere. I've seen it. I've experienced it. Um, and I truly uh, think that God is a God of miracles. But at the same time, I know that results take time. And I understand that patience, uh, remember, my, remember the thing I said that doesn't even make sense? Patience takes time. If you guys weren't here for that, it's an inside joke. But um, I was just saying that Sometimes I'll be saying stuff in the heat of the moment and it don't even make sense when I watch it back. You guys, patience takes time. You're just like, right, patience is literally the process of things taking time and you understanding it anyway. Over my head, over your head. But today, let's talk about what we're reading, okay? Let's talk about what we are reading. We are reading Acts chapter 24. Can you guys put that in the chat? Acts chapter 24. Good morning, Houston. What's good? What's good? I love it. I love it. Come on. Come on. Anybody? Anybody? I'm really waiting for somebody to put Acts chapter 24. There we go. That's it. You guys are like, why is he just sitting there? Um, I do that because as people come in late and uh, they don't remember that we do chronological order, uh, it's just a quick reminder of what chapter you guys are reading today. I'm not reading it to you. You guys are reading it. But just a recap of 23 and how we got to where we are at. Um, remember that Paul was arrested. The The Jews in Jerusalem are coming after him. They're falsely accusing him of defiling the temple, bringing a Gentile into the temple. They're saying that he is just a, he is a, a a, a rebel ruckus rouser, right? He's just one of those. He's there and he's just stirring it up. Um, and, and so at this point, they have taken uh, Paul over here to, where's he at? He's over at the Governor Felix. He's with he's with his name, the, the Governor Felix. And so Felix has him. And so he says that he's basically going to hold on to Paul until his accusers show up. That's where we left off. And so five days later, okay, so after he's there, it says Ananias, the high priest, went to the city uh, and he took some older Jews with him and he has the, the lawyer named Tertullus. 
Tertullus. We'll say Tertullus. I like that. Tertullus. So Tertullus is with them. Uh, and they had come to make charges against Paul. They show up and and they, they start with their standard schmoozing, right? That's kind of the way that the Roman law, they, they had court systems back then. And so you start with the schmoozing. And so he starts with most excellent Felix, our people. We enjoy much peace because of you. And many wrong things in our country are being made right because your wise, your wise help. And we accept these things as always in every place. We are thankful for them. But we don't want to take any more of your time. So I beg you to listen to our few words, right? It's their, their, their schmoozing. We all know that Felix was a, a menace. He was a terrorizer. Like Felix wasn't a good dude. But you go in and you've got to schmooze before you get going. And so what they say is they basically say, we have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up the Jews everywhere in the world. He's a leader of the Nazarene group. Also, he was trying to make the temple unclean. We understand that these are all false, right? He wasn't in there. He was literally, he just got done performing his rights of like, you know, showing his, um, his love and his, uh, his loyalty to Judaism. Right. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're completely falsifying things. And it says, but we stopped him and we wanted to judge him, but the officer Lysias came and used much force to take him from us. And he commanded those who wanted to accuse Paul to come to you. And so, the governor basically is just like, stop. He makes It says he made a sign for Paul to speak. Stop, Paul, you talk. So Paul breaks it down. He just says, hey, I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way of Jesus. The Jews say the ways of Jesus is not right. Um, you know, I have the same hope in God that they have. Uh, the hope that all people, good and bad, will surely be raised from the dead. This is why I always try to do right and um, do what I believe is is right before God and the people. Um, he, and he's just basically given a recap of his missions and what he's been doing. And what it says in verse 22, is, it says that Felix already understood much about the way of Jesus. He already understood. He had heard it. Jesus was viral at this point. So, so as far as the word of God, people were understanding. They heard about Jesus, whether they believed it or followed it or not. He was like the name of Jesus and his ministry was being spread around the world. It was kind of like, it was like CrossFit. Everybody's heard of CrossFit. Whether you like it or you don't, you've heard of it, right? You know somebody who got hurt doing it. You know how intense it is or you absolutely love it and are a part of it, right? So, so, so I don't mean to liken our Lord's name to CrossFit, but you know what I'm talking about. Like everybody's heard it. It's loved, it's hated, it's, you know, it's, it's what it is. So Jesus was everywhere. So Felix already had heard about him. And so um, what he said, he said, look, stop. He goes, when, uh, when Lysias comes here, then I'll decide your case. And so he basically told uh, the, the commanders, he's like, okay, take Paul and he's going to be, um, you know, give him some freedom and, and let his friends bring what he needs. Okay. And so here's the thing. Paul's already on house arrest. They kind of loosen the reins, give him a little bit more freedom. And it says that after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish and asked for Paul to be brought to him. He listened to Paul talk about believing in Christ, but Felix became afraid, right? He got scared when Paul started talking about living right, self-control, and the time that God will judge the world. And so Felix says, go away now. When I have more time, I will call for you. But at the same time, Felix was hoping that Paul would give him some money. So he often sent for Paul and talked with him. He was hoping that Paul would bribe his way or pay for his freedom, essentially. It says, but after two years, Felix was replaced by Portius Festus as governor. Um, but Felix had left Paul in prison to please the Jews. That is Acts chapter 24, somewhat short and sweet. I skipped over a lot. You get the gist of what's happening. But it shares that Paul was in custody. He was on this house arrest for two years, right? Two years. And what was really placed on my heart that I wanted to share with you guys, it has to do with patience, right? Let's, let's for just a moment, put ourselves in Paul's shoes. You guys, how do you think, how do you think his attitude was? Or how do you think that his mindset was? How do you think that he went to, uh, about every single day that he woke up for two years, right? Remember in the last chapter, uh, I believe it was 23, we talk about um, the Lord came to him and told him that he was going to be going to Rome, right? Was that in 23? Does anybody remember the address to that? Maybe it wasn't. 
Yeah, it was in 2311. It says, be brave. You have told the people in Jerusalem about me. You must do the same in Rome. So God gives him a word. He says, look, you're going to Rome. Now he's in Caesarea. He's in the custody of the governor, Felix. He's on house arrest. He's not in Rome. And he's been here for two years. I wish that we could have a better understanding of what he did for those two years. Because listen to me here. I believe that many of you are in a place, right? You are holding tight and clinging to God's promise on your life. Maybe God has showed something to you. Maybe he's revealed something to you about your life. Maybe he's He's, he's set a goal or he's, he's planted a seed of, of hope or vision or a dream in your life. And you're in a place right now where you can't see the end of the light. You can't see the end of the road. You can't see how you're going to get where God has called you to. Amen. But understand that while Paul was in this place, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that he was making the most of the place that he was at. I believe that as his friends were coming and visiting and bringing him things, I believe that he was still ministering. The people in that place where he was under house arrest, I believe that they got to know Jesus. I believe that they got to see the light and love, the consistency and the discipline of Paul. I don't think that Paul was walking around with sackcloth and ashes, just, oh man, I'm, I'm tired. Oh man, I, 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 there's no purpose for my life. Oh man, God doesn't hear my prayers, right? Oh man, I'm just so exhausted. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. I don't know what God's doing, man. He told me I was going to Rome. I've been here for two years. I just, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I don't think that that was the heart posture or the attitude that Paul had. I believe that Paul had faith. He said, you know what? God has carried me through things. He's rescued me from the, the snares of my enemies. They've tried to beat me. They've tried to exile me. They've tried to kill me. They've tried to stone me. I've been run out of all of these cities here, right? I'm sitting patiently, but while I'm patiently waiting, I'm also walking out the plan and purpose that God has for my life. In this place of waiting, I believe that Paul was ministering just like he did when he was in jail. There were, it shares when he was in jail, when he was locked up before, when the angel broke him out, he's there, he's singing, he's praising God. He's, he's, he's saving the guard, the guard who was about to kill himself when the, when all of the, the doors opened and the chains broke, he thought everybody had escaped. Paul is sitting there ministering while he's in prison in that place of waiting, while he's there, he's patiently understanding that God has him there for a reason. He didn't sit there and complain about his conditions. He wasn't there grumbling about uh, how the food tasted or why he didn't have this or that or why things weren't working out according to his plan. Why, God, am I not in Rome right now? He understood the assignment. And I'm here to share with you guys that the place that you're in, please, we have to get to a, a, an understanding that God has you there for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes right? Can we share that? God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't forget about you, right? You might forget about one of your kids. You know, did anybody ever lost a kid? I shared a story at church last uh, month where I lost a kid, right? It's not that I forgot about him. I lost a kid at Disneyland. We went on the ride and it's a long story. I won't even get into it. I've lost a kid, um, but God doesn't lose kids. If you guys are like, what is he talking about? Please go watch my last sermon. I share the story in a little bit more detail, um, but God's not like us. Right? He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to forget about you. He doesn't forget about the plan that he has or the, the vision that he's written on your heart, the seed that he's planted. He's not just going to overlook you. He, he has you in that place. And that's what we tend to do is because things aren't happening according to our plan, according to our calendar. Right? We start to believe that God has forgotten about us. Maybe God doesn't know what he's doing. We start to question him. And what we forget, we're so quick to forget the miracles and the things that he's done in the past. This is a perfect segue. This is a perfect segue. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get Psalm chapter 106 in the chat? I need today's devotions. I need today uh, today's devotions. Come on. Uh, my sermons are on Spotify as, uh, as well. Come on, come on. Yeah, I've lost a kid. I lost a kid. And I, I say it because I found him. Right? He once was lost, but no, he got found after that. Can anybody put both Acts chapter 24 and Psalm 106, please? And thank you so I can pin that. This is a perfect segue. This is great, right? There we go. Yadi, thank you. 
So in Psalm 106, we start to see the story, um, and I've just highlighted basically the entire thing. There's a lot. I'm not going to read it off, but it talks about Israel being freed from the Egyptians and how quick they are to forget. It says they soon forget. In verse 13 of Psalm 106, um, 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 it says they soon forget his works. They waited not for his counsel, right? Uh, right, right before that, it says that he rebuked the Red Sea and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. So, so here we see they were just freed by the Egyptian. They have been persecuted. They have been, uh, uh, they have been locked in chains. They have been captive. He sets the captives free. He rebukes the Red Sea, right? They witness the Red Sea. Now, this isn't just like a little lake or a puddle, you guys. It's a sea. They watch it open. They travel through as their enemies pursue them. They're hot on their heels, right? And, and they're not just going to hug them. They're not just going to, well, you know, shackle them and, and drag. Like, they're going to kill them, right? They want them gone. So as he parts the Red Sea, they witness this. They go through and they watch it close on their enemies, it says the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. Verse 12, they believed. They go, oh, wow, God is so good. Let's give him praise. He delivered us. He's good and he's faithful. Verse 13, literally one verse. It says they soon forgot his works and they waited not for his counsel. Bro, my mind is blown. One day I'm, I'm singing the praises of God. You're so good. You fixed my marriage. You pulled me out of sin. You saved my soul. You, you, you kept me safe. Lord, you're so good. And then the next day we wake up and because we're not getting what we want, oh, I forgot about God. God doesn't love me. God forgot about me. He doesn't hear my prayer. How, why are we so quick to change like that? Do you not remember all of the times that he's delivered you before? He's parted red seas in your life before this. You have witnessed miracles. The very fact that we know who Jesus is, is a miracle in and of itself. It says in verse 14, they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. They envied Moses. They made a calf. They forgot about God, their savior, which had done great things in Egypt. Right, And it continues on. They despised the pleasant land. They believed not in his word. His word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His word says that I am always with you. His word says that I love you, that I have a plan for you to prosper you. Right, His word says that I formed you and shaped you and molded you in your mother's womb. The word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The word says over and over and over who you are in his eyes and who he is. But the very second that we don't receive what we want. We turn our back on him and we forget all of the past things that he's done. So even while we're waiting patiently, two years in prison, Paul was waiting on house arrest. It was soft prison. On house arrest, as he's waiting there for two years, he wasn't grumbling. He wasn't turning his back on God. I believe that he was in that place and what he was doing was ministering, sharing the word, loving people, being the light. His cheerful countenance, right? In the midst of all of these prisoners, imagine being a guard and you're used to seeing the countenance of those who are, are in prison. And then you've got this guy, Paul, who's here. He's locked up. He's been here. Like he's falsely accused. He's not even in jail when he's like, for, for, he didn't do anything, right? He didn't do anything. He didn't break any laws. He's being falsely accused and persecuted because of following Jesus. And so here he is. And rather than walking around with sackcloth and ashes and all upset and why me and life's not fair and I can't believe this, I believe that he used that position to make disciples of Christ. And so this is a message, you guys. Wake up. The place that you're at is right where God wants you. That's it. Like, I understand that it can be uncomfortable. I can understand how it can be hard. Well, Andrew, what about like my boss doesn't love me? My boss doesn't like me. It's a hard workplace. He's got you there. Maybe your boss is your mission field. Maybe that's the person you need to be saving or, or, or sharing the gospel with, right? The place that you're in, as bad as it is and as uncomfortable as it can be, God has you right where he wants you. Now, please do not mistake me for saying if you're in an abusive relationship or you're in a place where you're physically being harmed, okay, that's not the same thing. We must have discernment. I'm not saying, you know, God's not saying I want you to stay here in this abusive relationship where you're being harmed every single day. That's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is that the difficult situations, the things where you forget or maybe you feel like God has forgotten you or he doesn't hear you or he doesn't love you, that that's what I'm talking about. Amen. And so we go on in Psalm 106 and, and, and it just talks about how the, the rebellion, the rejection that, that the, they, they continuously forget all of God's past. I love how 106 goes. It says they joined themselves unto Baal and they ate sacrifices of the dead. They angered him also at the waters of, of strife. Uh, they, they provoked his spirit. They did not destroy the nations concerning who the Lord commanded them. Like the Lord was like, here, I want you to overtake this nation. They didn't destroy them. They ended up, it says in the next verse, they were mingled among the heathen and they started to learn their works and they started to serve their idols, which were a snare unto them. And they sacrificed their own kids and daughters unto devils, right? The Lord says, destroy this evil nation. And he's like, they're just like, well, we kind of want to hang out with them. Right, so we're gonna go kick it with them. We're gonna kick it, and next thing you know, they're, they they thought that they were gonna, you know, well, we'll just save them. Ooh, that's a good word because that's something somebody asked me yesterday on live. They said, "What do you think about you know going out to the clubs and partying and things like that as a Christian?" And I said, "What does light and, and darkness have in common?" Right? If you for one minute think that you're gonna be out in the middle of a club ministering and sharing the gospel. You're only fooling yourself. You're playing with fire, right? I've never seen anybody like dancing. Hey, you heard the good news? Like, <laughs> hey, I got this tract in my pocket here. Let me pray for you right here on the dance floor. Like, oh, let's get it. No, what, what's happening is you're in this evil, wicked place. 2.30 in the morning, everybody's eyes are looking around. They're sizing people up. They're filled with lust. They're filled with idolatry, right? there. It's a who's who. Everybody's got their ego. Everybody's walking around, stepping on each other's shoes. Like, you're not going to be out there, uh, you know, saving people in those environments, most of them are drunk and under the influence. Under the influence of what, might you say, Andrew? Spirits. Why do you think alcohol is called spirits? They're under the influence of spirits, right? They're, they're drinking and they're drunk. They're out of their mind. Their vision and their judgment is inhibited. You're not going to get through to individuals at 2.30 in the morning at the, when the club's trying to shut down, you know, while you're out here trying, like, oh, I'm just out here for Jesus. Like, no, you're not. Stop lying to yourself. And so what they're out here, they're trying, they're trying to like join with this nation and be like, hey, you know, guess what? Um, we're going to be with you guys. Like we're trying to save you. And it's like, no, they started mingling with them and they learned their works. And then it switches real quick. They started serving their idols. And then they started sacrificing their kids and daughters to their devils. Like what? If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt, fam. It says, thus they were defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Right? The Bible cussed. It said whoring. Um, so don't get mad at me. That's the King James Version. In verse 41, it says, and he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them. Many times did God deliver them. Right? Many times did he, he constantly delivered them over and over and over. He regarded their affliction when he heard their cry because God is merciful and God is loving. Right? God is like, he, he cares even though they've turned their back, even though they've sacrificed their kids to idols, even though they've adopted the ways of the heathen, even though they forgot about what God has done in their life over and over and over and over again, he still regards their affliction and he hears their cry and he remembers them because of his covenant. And it says, repented according to the multitude of his mercies, right? He even made his people pitied by those that carried them as captives. And it cries out, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen and get to give thanks to thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say, amen. Praise ye the Lord. Right. Even after all of that, they still right. They, they turn their back and they come back and they're just like, Lord, save us, Lord, help us. We need you. We can't do this. And because of his his faithfulness and his love and his kindness and his mercy and his gentleness, when when an individual repents, he, he forgives them and puts them back in, a, in another place. But, but I shared all of that because that's the heart posture, right? So let's rewind. Let's kind of tie this all together. I want to put a neat little bow on what I, I'm, I'm trying to, to share with you guys. Okay. Paul was in a position for two years. Okay. 
we have to remember that Abraham waited 25 years. I know that's not our scripture, but when I think of patience, I, I, I understand how impatient we have become. Uh, the way that we view time and the way that we view God's plan and purpose, uh, because of the world that we live in, we think that maybe God has forgotten about us or that his timing is off or that he's slow. But we don't see things the same way that he does. Um, he has you in a place just like he had Paul in this place with a purpose. And what happens is because we don't like the place that we're in, uh, we start to get agitated, we start to get impatient, we start to get frustrated. And what happens is we miss the purpose that God had for us in that place. And many times what that does is that prolongs us being in that place. You feel me? Like, listen, don't don't miss this. Okay. If And I'll, I'll use practical sense. If I'm in a place, and we're just going to put a number. If I'm in a place and there's five people that need to hear the gospel, Okay, while I'm in that place and God has set a timeline, I'm going to have you here for two years because it's going to take two years for you to get the gospel to these five people. They need the word. They need to be saved. They need to put their faith in Jesus. If at first I start out and I get two people saved because I'm like excited, it's a new place, but time goes by, a year goes by and I start to get down on myself. And maybe I start to witness and, and you know, I share and that third person gets saved. There's still two more souls. And maybe that next year goes by. And because I'm so focused on my place, I'm so focused on my circumstances, I start to let the enemy in. I start to complain. I start to grumble. I start to think back on my past and how things used to be. I start to wonder if God forgot about me. I take my eyes off of the mission at hand, right? There's still two people who need to be saved. Two years has gone by. Why have I not been promoted? Why have I not been pulled out of this place? And God's like, there's a mission. There's an assignment. There's two more souls that need to be replaced. And this is what God, like this is some of the things that God will do. He might prolong that. All right, I'm going to give you another year, right? I'm going to be patient with you. Uh, I'm trying to show you the goodness. Maybe I maybe I, I, I change your circumstances in that place for just a minute to give you a glimmer of hope. And you're just like, oh, there's God, I remember. And maybe you get one more of those person people saved. There's one more person. But then you start to focus on your circumstances, right? And you start to grumble again and your eyes are off the assignment. God's not gonna promote you out of that place until the assignment's done. But sometimes what he'll do is when we're not paying attention to the assignment, he might have to raise somebody else up to finish the job that you started. And so don't be surprised if somebody else comes in and you're just like, wow, they're on fire for God. And they take care of that assignment. And now guess what? Because they were faithful in that place, they receive the promotion because you're too focused on what's going on and the things that are wrong, right? This is a wake-up call. The place that you're at, please stop grumbling. Please stop complaining. Please stop counting your lack. Please stop focusing on your circumstances. You're in the place that you're at, just like Paul was in prison for two years, on house arrest for two years, okay? He wasn't there counting on, you think that he wanted to be there? He's not just like, oh man, I hear that they got great food. Uh, the healthcare is amazing. You get three hots, you get a cot. They check in with you periodically. Look, I've got free reign of the place. My friends can come whenever they want. I think I might just stay here for a while. No, God had called him to Rome. He didn't want to be in that place, but I know that he wasn't there wasting the time. There wasn't a day that went by that he was wasting or allowing to just go by because he was too focused on his circumstances. He's like, as long as I'm here, Every day that I have is a new opportunity. I'm going to be preaching to Felix. I'm going to be sharing the gospel with him. I'm going to be a light in this place. I'm going to be talking to the guards. You know what? Anybody who comes across my path, they're going to know about Jesus. And he fulfills his assignment. He fulfills the purpose of the place that he's in. Right? Three hots in a cot. Yeah, man. You get three hot meals and you get a bed to sleep on. That is what it is. So so my, what, I, what I'm saying is, and, and I use the, the idea of the Old Testament and the Israelites is because despite all of the victory, despite all of the times God helped them overcome their situation, all the times God pulled them out, uh, it, it's just like they were so quick to forget. And they, they, you know, start moping about and thinking that God forgot about them. And they would turn their back and they would chase their own lust. They would chase their own things. They would go after, uh, you know, other things while they were in those places. And it's just like, um, I feel like we do the same thing. Right? We do the same thing. We could do so much better. Patience was the word that I got for 2022. 
um, because I came into this year grumbling. This is funny. I'm going to share this story with you, and then we're going to uh, we're going to jump into some prayer. But um, I'll share two stories. So I, I on Wednesdays I do um, I do video stuff with my brother Jalen. He's the he's the photographer. He's the guy who's been asking me questions. Hey, Pastor Andrew, and I've been we've been just doing some really cool stuff. <clears throat> Our schedule, the way that we work, is we get in this Jeep and we pray. Like we pray fire down from heaven and then we drive to our location. And as we're there, we're just sharpening each other with scripture and with questions. And the cool thing is, is that it's it's all raw, it's unscripted. So when he shows up today, um, we don't know what we're going to talk about. We allow God to use us. And as questions come up, we only do one take. Like that's the goal. I think there's been uh, maybe three times that I've stumbled over my words in the very beginning. And I was like, do it again. But it's raw, it's unscripted, it's Holy Spirit led, and it's super powerful. <clears throat> but my story is this. On a Wednesday, um, last Wednesday, I was grumbling, right? I, was, I found myself grumbling and complaining about my life, right? And this might sound silly to you guys, but I'm going to be real raw and, and open and transparent. Right? I love comfort. I love routines. On Wednesdays, uh, I do coffee and prayer. I drive to the gym. I got my long run. So like today, I run five miles for my half marathon training. And then I get ready, and then I meet Jalen at 10. We go off and we do what we do. We do our filming and stuff. We go to lunch, and then I have things in the, in the evening usually. You know, I, I just comfort, man, routine. I love it. It's my thing. It's my jam. And so last Wednesday, um, my, my brother Adon calls me up, or, you know, we, we plan we're going to be running on Wednesdays with this group of kids. Um, and they're all influencers, but they don't really, you know, we're, we're there to, you know, spread the love of Jesus to them. And so, you know, he pushes the time back to 7.30. And I was like, ah, man, that's not usually the time I work out. But I'll be there. I'm there. I'm in a whole other city. I drive far to go run. 7.30 comes by. They're not there. They don't show up until 7.45. Classic LA. So I get late starting on my run. We run the five miles. We get done. I don't have time to run home and change. I brought all my stuff with me. So I, I rinse off real quick. I wipe myself down. And then I got to rush to meet Jalen. And when I meet Jalen, I'm just like, dude, it's been a morning. And he's like, well, tell me about it. And as I was explaining myself, I was like, wow, I've become so privileged. I've become so ungrateful. I need to check myself. And we started talking about the Israelites. And he goes, well, tell me about it. I go, I'm complaining about living in Southern California, right? I woke up. I had an amazing coffee and prayer. I'm complaining about driving to Beverly Hills to meet a bunch of you know famous kids to preach the gospel to them. Okay, I'm concerned about them being 15 minutes late. I'm over here grumbling about my concern. And as we're driving, it's a beautiful day. We're driving through Santa Monica. We're on the beach. There's palm trees. It's beautiful out. And I found myself grumbling about having this opportunity to preach the gospel to people. And I had to repent. I was just like, wow. I'm living a life that some people would 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 kill to be in. Like I, I'm literally getting to preach the gospel to people with influence. It's like Joseph having an ear to the Pharaoh. So I'm God's putting me in places and positions where I'm able to bend the ear and share the gospel with people who have high influence. And the goal is that their hearts would change and they would use their influence to influence more for Christ. So I'm over here counting all of the, the things that didn't go right when I was completely missing the manna that was falling from heaven. I was missing the rock that was broken open and I'm being watered, right? God's positioning me and putting me in places where I'm able to preach the gospel. And I was so ungrateful. And I share that because I think that that's a lot of us, right? It might not be that. I believe that God is doing some amazing things, right? Amazing things in your life that you will miss if you're constantly counting the lack, if you're constantly counting the inconvenience. You are going to miss some amazing things that God is doing when all you're doing is thinking about your comfort and thinking about you. I was being so selfish in the moment and thank God for a brother. He didn't even call me out on it. He let me talk. And as I heard myself saying it out loud, the Holy Spirit gave me a one two right to the mouth. Bow, bow. And I was like, whoa. And he goes, what? And I go, conviction and repentance right here. Like, dude, I need to check my heart. I'm over here living a life that I prayed for, living in it. And I'm finding things to grumble about. Wow. Like, wow. Check our hearts.
That's the, that's the message. We need, we need to check our hearts, our heart posture. Are there things in your life that you're complaining about, right? Are you complaining about your spouse who, who you prayed for? Are you counting all of the things that they're not doing right? And are you missing how great of an individual that they are? Right? Are there things, are you, are you complaining about a job that God has blessed you with? Are you complaining about the automobile that you have as transportation? Are you complaining about the roof over your head? Are you complaining about the provision? Are we like the Israelites where we're upset about the, the manna that's falling from heaven? Are we upset that the, the, the water that's coming from the rock isn't sparkling? Like, are we missing the miracles and the provision and the abundance that we have in our daily life because we're so concerned with comparing our lives to others that we're missing the blessing that we're literally living in. And so God put it on my heart this year for patience because I I also caught myself comparing my walk with what other people are doing, right? Other people who are Christian influencers, pastors, and and I see all these people being invited to all of these events. And I'm just like, well, God, why, why am I not being invited to these events? Why am I not seeing growth in these areas? Why, 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 why? And I started grumbling. And then it's like, I I went to lunch with another friend, Jeff, and uh, his word for me, he was just like, man, you're killing it. And I was just like, I I don't feel like I'm killing it. And he was like, dude, your coffee and prayer, he's like a hundred and something, this is like last week, he's like 110 days in a row. He goes, you know what? He goes, I got, I'm convicted. He's like, your consistency convicted me. I need to do better at being consistent. And I'm sitting there like, what are you talking about? I'm comparing myself to all these other people. And I feel like everybody's doing so much more. And he was like, no, he goes, you're influencing influencers. People are looking to you to set the pace and to lead by example because of your discipline, because of your consistency. And I was convicted in the taco play. We're having tacos. And I'm just like, bro, I got to repent. And he's like, why talk to me? I was like, man. I've been struggling with comparison and my eyes are on what everybody else is doing. And I felt like I was so far behind and he's just like, what are you talking about? Bro, you're at the front of the pack. And I'm like, I don't feel like it. And it was just one of those moments where the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and was just like, stop focusing on your lack. Stop focusing on what you're not doing or where you're not or the spouse that you don't have or the car that you don't have. Like, look at where God has you. Where he has you, there is purpose. Where he has you, there is provision. Where he has you, you are there to do amazing things. And if we can just pull ourselves outside of ourselves, if we can empty ourselves of ourselves and let the Holy Spirit in, he will give us eyes to see where we're at. And where we're at, there is filled with plan. There is assignment and there is purpose. Please don't miss it because our eyes are constantly wandering and trying to keep up with everybody around us and doing what everybody else is doing. God has you in that place. He doesn't have me in that place. He has you in that place because you possess a certain uh, set of qualities. You have a certain set of skills that he needs you in that place to help other people find Jesus. When I was saying that, I started thinking about Liam Neeson uh, on Taken. He's like, I have a certain set of skills and abilities. that, And that's what I started thinking. Like, I don't know why my mind goes there. Um, If you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. When he's on the phone with his daughter's kidnapper, and he's just like, I have a certain set of skills. But God's like that. Like, you have a certain set of skills in the place that you're at, and you're there because God wants you to thrive. He's got an assignment. He's got a purpose and a plan of the very place that you guys are in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit on fire. Glory to God. (laughs) I don't know why my brain does weird stuff. I'm really, uh, I don't know if I'm okay. Um, Yeah. Why why, why does my, I just so sidetracked. So sidetracked. I used to take medication for it, but I stopped. I might want to look back into that, 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 that shiny squirrel situation. I'm just like talking and it's like squirrel, hold down, down a whole rabbit hole. But, um, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't take Medicaid. I was being facetious, please. Um, don't take that serious. I don't need a lecture on medication and being healed and being new. I don't need all that. Chill, chill. Henry says, Liam, my man, he knows about the movie taken. I feel like, I feel like Henry, I feel like Henry probably is one of those guys anyway, man. He's a he's a veteran. This guy is just Billy B.A., man. I wouldn't mess with him. He's 74 years old, and I saw him climbing up rocks and jumping down sand dunes. This man probably karate chops people in other nations for a living. It's like James Bond in the flesh. 
Somebody says the enemy wants to distract you from God's word. No, it's not a distraction. It's uh, I think that it's funny. I think that it adds uh, humor to this. You guys got to laugh with me a little bit in the morning. So patience, patience, patience. I, I get back to that because um, what God placed on my heart for this year is that as you, you, you plant seeds, there's going to be a harvest, right? There's going to be a harvest. Uh, as you plant seeds, it's going to take time though, right? You don't plant a seed. I shared this at a, at a sermon. You don't plant a seed, boom, 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 and then stand over it and be like, okay, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at the next day? You plant it, right? And you walk away. You come back periodically. You water it. You make sure that it's getting enough sun. You might pull up some weeds that are, you know, around it, trying to strangle it out. But um, it takes time, and eventually that seed takes root and it grows and it sprouts and it produces fruit. And so for me, God was saying, hey, this year, it's not about fruit. It's not about bearing fruit, right? You've planted seeds over the last couple of years. Be patient. Continue to plant seeds. Gather your seed in the way that you're living your life. I'm planting seed everywhere, right? Coffee and prayer. We want to plant it on podcasts. We're like everywhere you go, you're in the grocery store. You're smiling. You're being loving. You're wearing, you know, Christian gear where you're sparking conversation and you're constantly just planting seed. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Just because other people's seeds are coming to fruition doesn't mean that yours aren't. It, it just might look different. You might be growing a different tree. You might have a different kind of fruit, right? They might have a fruit that produces fruit, you know, every six months. Your fruit, it might come once a year. It might come every other year. But we're out here spreading seed. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Look at this. It says it takes years to get an apple from a seed, right? Yeah, yeah. Water the ground, the plant, the seeds that you've planted, water them, tend to them, take care of them, love them, but be patient. The fruit, like the Lord says that the fruit's going to come, but, but, and, and that's also a thing. Check your heart. Are you only planting seed to bear fruit? Or are you like, I, I want to be planting seed. I want to be found planting seed because I enjoy it because that's my heart's desire because I long for it and I get it. Like I, I share my own struggles because I want you to understand that if you get impatient, if you get frustrated, if you feel like that, it's normal, right? It's normal. It's normal to be frustrated sometimes. It's sometimes it's normal to get impatient and to start like, God, where are you at? Like, man, my my timetable timetable says you should have been here a week ago. And he's just like, I'm not coming for another year. But be patient. And while you're patient, see, being patient isn't passive. I shared this a couple of weeks ago. Being patient isn't passive. So when we're being patient, right? Imagine Paul being patient. He didn't just sit in his cell and you know look out the window and watch the birds go and I could just see him drawing another line on the wall and every five days he puts a cross through it and I could just see him out there and a sad you know melody is being played and he's growing this big long beard and he's just like I've been here for 365 days oh I can't wait for God to redeem me oh man I see Paul as he's sitting there he's waking up and he has you know he prays God let your will be done use me in this place and he's on fire and I can see him looking in the Torah and he's he's reading and he's writing down some of his thoughts and as the Holy Spirit's giving him revelation he's writing it down and I can see him you know looking for opportunities and you know he's he's a go-getter man he's walking through the halls of wherever he is on house arrest and he's seeking opportunity hey you know you look sad. Let me pray for you. You want to talk? Hey, what's going on, man? I see you've been coming here through the palace. He's talking to the guards. I see you coming through here, man. You look like you're going through a hard time. Your eyes look sad. Let me pray for you. You want to talk about it? Like I could see him ministering and finding favor in this place, the place that he's at where he doesn't want to be. There is a purpose and he's being patient, but patience isn't passive. He's not sitting there twiddling his thumbs and counting his loss or complaining about his situation. He's making the most of it in that place. And there will come a time that he will be promoted, that he will move on from that place. And when he does, the mission was finished. The assignment was done. Everybody in that place who needed to hear the gospel heard it. The seeds were planted. And I believe that as he left that place, there are going to be people who rise up. He won't even be there to see some of the seed that he planted. He won't even be there to see the fruit of the seeds that he planted. But he understands and knows that he was there for a reason. He was there for a season. And right now, the last thing I want you to know, that the place that you are in, there is a reason for you to be in the season. Plant generously. Be, be of a cheerful countenance. Understand that there is an assignment in that place. Please do not passively wait counting all of your lack, but be joyful, right? Understand that there is a purpose and a plan. We might not see it many times. We don't until later, 
I, I can look back at my life and the, some of the hardest seasons in my life, I never, it was never revealed to me until years after. I can look back and go, oh, that's why I was there. That's why I met that person. That's why I was planting seed there. Oh, that's why I went through that experience. I needed to learn mental toughness because of what I'm going through now. There's similarities. So God allowed me to go through those things to prepare me for future battles because now I'm going through something similar. Now I can recall I'm not like the Israelites where I forget that God has opened the Red Sea before. So, so as I face this body of water, I go, oh, God's done it before. He's going to do it again. He's going to open this body of water. He's going to part this Red Sea for me because he's done it in the past. I know that he's going to consume my enemies, those who are on my heels, because guess what? He's done it in the past. I'm not going to forget his goodness. I'm not going to forget his love. I'm not going to forget his mercies. I'm not going to overlook the things that he's done in my life. I'm going to carry those with me. I refuse to turn back to idols. I refuse to turn back to the heathen. I refuse to sacrifice my kids to devils. If you don't know, maybe you just come in. You're like, what are we talking about? sacrificing your kids to devils. Psalm 106, that's a part of our reading. It talks about it in there. But I refuse to go back to the way that I used to live before I had God. No matter what season I'm in, I'm going to trust that there is a plan and a purpose. He did not make a mistake. He did not forget about me. He hasn't overlooked me. He loves me. He wants what's best for me. And at this point in my life, I'm in this place because he saw fit. He believes that this is where I need to be. So I can change my mindset from being a victim and going, oh, like this isn't that, this isn't great, right? I get it. Or I can be a victor, Lord. How can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I use this experience to bring glory, honor, and praise to your name? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. You guys, God is good and faithful. Mm, mm, mm. I'm so thankful for all that he's done, all that he is doing, and all that he will do. And if the only thing that he did was give me Jesus, was allow me to know who Jesus was, the forgiveness of my sins, access to God, I have enough. That's that's the greatest gift, God, that, that you will ever receive. The greatest gift you will ever receive is the free gift of salvation. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to, to receive it. Like, like it, you know, we don't deserve it, but we got it. And if that's all I've got, that's the greatest thing ever. There's nothing greater because it's not just forgiveness of sins and now I get to go to heaven, right? Oh, I get to go to heaven. No, I have access to God right now. The veil was torn. So, so as I put my faith in Christ and received the Holy Spirit, I now have access to the God of everything now. I don't have to wait until I die. I don't have to wait until eternity. I have him now. Amen. Amen. He is enough. We got to get fired up. Let's pray. Let's pray our way out of this. Let's get up out of here. Uh, I got a, a lot of miles, more miles than I'd like to run today. But uh, I'm going to show up and show out. Right. That, that's a great example of feelings. I don't feel like running. My legs are sore from Saturday. I don't want to. I don't, uh, you know, there's so many. I just don't want to. I, I really don't. If I'm being honest with you, I don't feel like it. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up and guess what? I'm not going to regret it. I'm going to feel better afterwards. And I say that because that's sometimes our prayer life, sometimes our serving life, sometimes our Bible reading don't always feel like it. We don't always uh, want to things, you know, we, we don't always want to be in that place, but we do it anyway. We show up, we never regret it and it always feels better after. Amen. Amen. I promise I'm going to pray now and I'm going to let you guys out of here. So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for today. God, we're so filled with thanks and gratitude, appreciation. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we show you that we love you by obeying your word. And your word tells us to be patient, to trust you, to have faith in you, to even in the, the face of of the unseen in, in circumstances that we don't see or we don't know, God, we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you. We know that you love us. We know that you want what is best for us. And so if even if it's painful, Lord, you would rather us endure a painful situation than walk in the wrong direction. 
Amen. Lord, we know that you would rather, Lord, that you would rather uh, allow us heartbreak, disappointment, uh, that you would uh, rather allow us to go through some things that will challenge us and change us and transform us than allowing us to go in the wrong direction. So God, even your nose, even your closed doors, all of those have your goodness and love written all over them. And we receive that love. God, we receive that love. We just open our hands to an open heaven, Lord, and we receive your love. We receive your mercy. We receive your kindness. We receive your patience. God, you are so patient with us. Lord, we just open our hands and we receive. We are so grateful for who you are, for never changing like our emotions and our feelings, for always being a rock, for always being solid. Lord, right now, I want to lift up prayer, my, the prayer requests of my brothers and sisters. Um, Lord, that your will would be done, that you would breathe life into their situation according to your will. God, forgive us for our sins, our failures, our mistakes, our downfalls, and help us to learn and grow from them so that we don't continuously repeat them. And God, as we leave this place, we just pray for traveling mercies, for protection, uh, that you would be our refuge, our strong tower, and that we would find rest in the shadow of your wings. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You guys, I love you. I honor you. I appreciate you. I hope that you guys have an amazing day. I want to shout out and say thank you guys for the 75 bucks on the badges. I appreciate it. Glory to God. And the last thing I want to share is that on Thursday, we have a Bible study. Royal City Church has a brand new Bible study that kicks off this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, if you go to our website, there's no sign up. There's just a link. You click it at 7. You click on it and you'll enter into the Zoom. And uh, it's going to be ran by my brother Chris. I will be co-running it. But it's kind of a nice opportunity for me to be a part of the community and to learn as well instead of me constantly pouring out. But this is a brother who, um, you know, is is locked into the Lord and has a desire to serve and to teach. And so we're uh, we're excited to introduce you guys to him and see what the Lord does with this new Bible study. So go to Royal City Church and uh, the, the Instagram page. Click the link in the bio. It'll take you to the Zoom call 7 o'clock. That's tomorrow. 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I don't know if we're recording it and reposting it. I think it's you got to be there or be square. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. I honor you, and I hope you have an amazing day. I will see you back here tomorrow.